With us today is United States Senator Dan Sullivan from Alaska. Well, it's uh, north to Alaska up there, and it's, uh, uh, it must be good weather this time of year, isn't it, uh, Senator? Hey, John, it's great. We'd love to have you come back to Alaska. And uh, we've, had a, we've actually had a pretty cool summer, one of our lowest levels of forest fires ever recorded, uh, ever recorded. So, um, yeah, we're having a cool summer in Alaska. But, hey, it's great to be back on the program. Well, thank you. And, by the way, in the Wall Street Journal last week, uh, there was articles that uh, you're having a little bit to do with uh, uh, Canada and uh, with Prime Minister Trudeau. Would you, would you tell us about it? Yeah, there was a Wall Street Journal editorial last week that I fully agreed with, and the title was, Canada is a military free rider in NATO. And look, um, it's true. I hate to say it because I'm a fan of the Canadians. You know, they're our only neighbor in Alaska, if you don't include Russia. And um, But with regard to the NATO member agreed-upon requirement to hit 2% of gross domestic product on defense, that's the requirement in NATO. Canada is one of the biggest laggards. Um, not even close, a, a little bit above 1.3%. And the prime minister has been uh, heard to say that he's never going to hit it. As a matter of fact, I was at the NATO summit last week, John, in Lithuania. And one of the undercurrents of that meeting, when uh, we met with other world leaders, was that how the Canadians were trying to dodge their 2% obligation. You know, they've always been a good ally. Um, you know, they were very heroic in World War II. We talk a lot about Normandy in America. The Canadians landed on Juneau Beach and did an incredible, an incredible job. But right now, um, they are not doing a good job with regard to their obligations in NATO. And yesterday, or two days ago in a confirmation hearing for the NORTHCOM commander, so this is the NORAD commander, who's going to be a four-star general in charge of protecting all of North America. I pressed him on this, and I said, General, if you get confirmed, this is in his confirmation hearing, will you press the Canadians on spending their obligation of 2%? And he said, absolutely, I will, Senator. Now, this made huge news in Canada, and the prime minister has um, uh, been pressed by his media. And as a matter of fact, after this interview, I'm going to go on, I think, what's Canada's version of, like, meet the press. And they're going to ask me about it, and I'm going to give them this tough love. they got to step up and meet their obligations. A hundred percent. How is oil production up in, uh, up in Alaska in that area? You know, we're still right around uh, a, little bit, a little bit around 500,000 barrels a day. Um, you know, the Biden administration on so many resource development issues, uh, has been horrendous, right? As you and I have talked about many times nationally, they came out on day one, suspended any movement on ANWR, which we got done during President Trump's administration, killed pipelines like Keystone, uh, went to Wall Street, told the big banks not to finance oil and gas projects. So they've been a disaster. But as you know, we did have one victory. It was kind of a mini miracle where we where we got them to reapprove because the Trump administration approved 
this project in Alaska called the Willow Project. Uh, we're starting to build that right now. That's going to be, um, you know, peak production, about 200,000 barrels a day just from that one field. You know, Alaska, John, we still have so much oil and gas for America. It's unbelievable. We got another state um, production project. This is on state land called the Pitka Project. That'll be max production of about 80,000 barrels a day. So there's a renaissance in Alaska. So all you uh, oil and gas and New York investors listen to John's great show. Come on up, invest in the great state of Alaska. We are very supportive of the energy sector. It's great for our Alaskans. It's great for America. It's great for our workers. It's great for our energy independence. And it's also great for the environment. As you and I have talked about, John, we have the highest environmental standards in the world in Alaska. I used to be in charge of them. And when I was the commissioner of natural resources and energy, if you need energy, which we do, why wouldn't you produce it in your own country, ours, that puts our great workers to work and has the highest environmental standards as opposed to getting it from like Venezuela or some other terrorist regime? You're 100% right. I understand the Alaska pipeline at one time was bringing in as much as 2.2 million barrels a day down to the 48 states, and and uh, you've been restricted a lot in the last few years. Yeah, can you believe that? 2.2 million barrels a day at one point. Um, at one point, um, you know, that was 25 percent of American production. You yep. know, the other thing that's such a that's such a hypocrisy of this administration. Deb Holland, the Secretary of Interior, she tries to shut down every project in Alaska that has federal lands. But New Mexico, New Mexico is getting all the federal leases on federal lands. Oh, think about it. Wait, where's Deb Holland from? Oh, my gosh, from New Mexico. Where's the reporters writing that story? She shuts down all the Republican states, but her home state is now the number two producer of oil and gas. My it's God. unbelievable. The media will never write that story. Deb Holland, could you imagine, John? Well, we'll report it. We will report it. Had done that. Unbelievable. Now, you're, you're very much involved with armed services, and you're very much concerned that uh, we're not putting enough money in the budget for our armed forces. What, what do you want to tell Americans about that? Well, look, the Biden administration, we're in a dangerous period. There's just no doubt. Nobody disagrees with that. We're in one of the most dangerous periods since any time since World War II. Look at the authoritarian dictators on the move. Putin, of course, but even more dangerous, in my view, is Xi Jinping and the Chinese Communist Party. So we have to get serious about another dangerous period. We know what we need to do as Americans. We faced off dictators before. But one of the things we have to do is have a professional, strong, lethal military. Everybody normally agrees with that, except the Biden administration. You know, I'm on the floor right now um, debating in the U.S. Senate, what's called the National Defense Authorization Act. The Biden administration, three years in a row, John, has put forward defense uh, budget cuts, inflation-adjusted cuts. The leaders of the Democratic Party, Bernie Sanders, just had an amendment on the floor. It got defeated, but a lot of Democrats voted for it, was for a, a, an additional 10 percent cut to the U.S. military. These guys don't care about national defense. Next year, the Biden budget will fall below 3% of GDP uh, in terms of spending. We've only hit 3% of GDP 
in America a few times in the last 70 years. So this current budget shrinks the Army, shrinks the Navy, shrinks the Marine Corps. That is exactly what Xi Jinping and the dictators in Beijing want to see. So we're trying to push back on that. And the other thing we're trying to push back on is a Pentagon led by civilians who care more about things that have nothing to do with lethality and war fighting um, as their priorities. Let me give you one example. The Secretary of the Navy, literally, and this is not an exaggeration, is concerned more about climate change than shipbuilding. He got the Senate a year and a half ago, his climate action plan, which, by the way, is not required by law. He sent it to us anyways. But his 30-year shipbuilding plan, which is required by law, we just got it a couple months ago. And it's a dismal shipbuilding plan. So they prioritize climate change in not warfighting and shipbuilding in the U.S. Navy going in the wrong direction. The legislation we have here, we're trying to uh, uh, write the course for our Pentagon. But it's a struggle when the commander-in-chief doesn't seem to really care. Wow. Senator, what else would you like to tell the American people this Sunday morning? Well, John, it's always great to be on the program. And I will tell you this, you know, I'm, I'm, uh, you know we have a lot of challenges. But what I always like to remind people, I'm, I'm still, uh, still serving in the Marines. I'm a colonel in the Marine Reserves. I serve out at the Indo-Pacific Marine Forces Pacific Command. And um, going on 30 years, going to retire here soon. But I will tell people this. Despite the challenges, despite some of this woke stuff, we still have the greatest military, the most outstanding young men and women who join, who sacrifice. And I think that's the message I want to leave everybody. I see him, like, up close and personal as a Marine colonel and – Every American should be proud of these young men and women who are doing their best for our country. We just need to make sure their resource do their job, and that is a frustration of mine. Well, Senator Dan Sullivan, thank you so much for everything you do for our country. God bless you, and God bless America. Thank you so much. God bless, John. Thanks again. We'll catch up soon. With crime running rampant in New York, you need to keep yourself and your family safe. Obtaining your concealed carry firearm licenses can be difficult and time-consuming. That's where MyFirstPistol.com comes in. They'll help you secure your concealed carry license. If you're looking for a pistol, premise, rifle, or shotgun license, call 347-559-7052. 347-559-7052. You must have a valid firearm license issued by the NYPD to purchase, possess, or shoot a handgun or pistol in NYPD. NYC.